All right, all right. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Gritty Fanatics. Uh, today you'll be joined by Ryan Cleary and our resident gambling guru, Mike Essery. Uh, you guys are going to enjoy this one. Now, not a lot of content out there right now in the sports world, but you know, for me, uh, it's all more about getting the reps right now with the guys. Um, you know, I think this episode more than any, you guys start to see that uh, why I keep having Essery on. I, for my money, I think he is. One of the most interesting guys I've ever met, um, about authentic as it gets. Uh, you'll, you guys will hear in our conversation, uh, he is literally wandering through a golf course at 7 o'clock on a Thursday night just to get some free time to, to get the Zoom going, uh, which is really just the tip of the iceberg with him. Uh, he's definitely starting to, to, to feel more comfortable on air. Um, referring to himself as a third person nickname for a majority of this one, which was just magical. And then um, even Cleary. Cleary did some prep work. Uh, you know, he, he can get a little nervous at first. I think the first couple episodes, he, he was definitely a little puckered up in the butthole. But this one's great. I think Cleary is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. And um, now that he's getting the more reps, a little bit more relaxed, uh, I think his, his personality starting to show through. Um, also want to thank everyone. We're at 300 downloads after four episodes, which is just, you know, fucking wild. So I appreciate it. Uh, we are still not actually sponsored by Cuddy's, but the way that the pod bomber, Mike Thornton keeps advertising us on Twitter, uh, is awesome. You know, if you have any ideas for an episode, please email me, uh, gritty at gmail.com. And then you can follow up on Twitter. That's at T Fanatics or just the Gritty Fanatics. Please give me a please give me a shout. I'll I'll even tell you guys straight up, uh, just for content's sake. You know there is an adult film star who is now returning back into her old job 20 years later, and I emailed her to see if she wanted to come on the pod. Uh, you know, why the hell not? That's where we're at. There's no sports, um, so that's that's really it is. Uh, and then next week, I'll give you guys a little teaser. Ep- episode six, uh, we are going to have a return appearance from Cousin Tommy. And we are going to have uh, a first-timer on uh, the Gritty Fanatics, Ian James Cooper. This is going to be a Wentz versus Foles final debate. Uh, absolutely the definitive argument of Foles v. Wentz. Uh, Cousin Tommy is going to be defending Wentz. And Coop is going to be defending Foles. Uh, I think I'm going to be playing more referee here than I'm actually going to be doing any conversations. Uh, the only prerequisite for this, I asked them if they wanted to do a debate format, if they wanted show notes. Uh, they told me all they wanted to do was have at least six to eight beers before starting. And they were just pretty much going to yell at each other for about 30 minutes. So I'm either excited or horrified, haven't decided which. So uh, once we get into that, uh, looking forward to it. And then we, uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to be playing Pat Burrell, Pat Burrell's walk-up music, special place in my heart. Uh, For those of you who don't know this, but um, on my wedding day when we were first introduced as husband and wife for the first time, uh, dirty laundry played as we walked out. Uh, I did the Pat Burrell swing with my sunglasses, uh, threw them, never saw them again. Kind of regret that part, but do not regret the walk up. So without further ado, dirty laundry. People love it when you 
Welcome to episode five of the Gritty Fanatics podcast. Uh, coming to you on Thursday. Oh, Christ, is it May 14th already? I'm, days are blurring together. We got Ryan Cleary. How you doing, man? Good, Ralph. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, welcome back. We are happy. And then we have our gambling aficionado, Mike Essery, who is currently walking the grounds of Lanark Country Club on an evening stroll just so we had a little free time so we could do the podcast tonight. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a McCall member, so it's, it's nice to sneak on the Lanark whenever I can. What hole am I currently looking at at the Zoom that you're showing me? I can see a flag stick. What hole is this uh, for Lanark? Great question. My friends who belong here don't even invite me, so I don't even know. It's, I think it's like the sixth hole. Yeah, very interesting that I've been around that place most of my life. All, most of my friends belong there. Never had a single invite in my entire life. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's chicken or egg, right? Do they, is it the, do that, does it attract a certain type of people, or are they trying to keep people like me out? I, I don't know. They Open. want to pretend like they're like, we're, we're not really from uh, Sacred Heart Manoa or Drexel Hill. We make money. Yeah. Open the gates. <laughs> Friends of Lanark, open the gates. Um, all right. So kind of a slow week in sports, but, uh, you know, we're an onion here. We have layers. Um, we don't just have to talk sports, but uh, I definitely wanted to get everyone's feelings on last dance. Um, you know, there wasn't much to watch besides that. So Cleary, what were your takeaways from episodes seven and eight? Uh, you know, I, I really I really like how they're kind of diving into the dark side of MJ now, too, giving us the full picture. Yeah, it was great how they brought up all his gambling issues. If that was the reason why he retired the first time. Um, it's been exciting. Uh, it's kind of actually depressing knowing this Sunday is going to be the last uh, time we can watch it. It's like something during this time that we get all excited about. But what I did for you, Ruff, is I had came up, came up with a list, a couple of the winners and losers of Last Dance so far. Uh, did MJ. Love it. I, Seriously, like, he came into uh, this thinking he was going to come off as an asshole. But, I mean, I think he's come off perfect. I mean, who wouldn't love to punch Steve uh, Kerr in the face? Still uh, do. Trump Trump yeah, wants same. to. Oh, exactly. Uh, how about Carmen Electra? I mean. Still has her fastball, she, for sure. Uh, she looks way better now than she did in her prime years. She's so. still throwing mid-90s. It's unreal. <laughs> and then I guess the last one would be LeBradford Smith. Who's ever heard of him? dropping 37 on Jordan and the Bulls. So there were my winners so far. Uh, the losers I got, how about Isaiah Thomas? Is he not the Donovan McNabb of the NBA? Like, Nothing's ever his fault. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. That is such a good comparison. I've walked away from that being like, that dude is greasy. Uh, I don't believe anything he says. Like the fact that Jordan was cackling at that one point when like he was talking yeah. was like, it, it just like signed his, his, uh, you know, his death sentence for me. I totally agree. Yeah. Then you got uh, Scotty Burrell. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him. I mean, he's called Dennis Robin Jr. It's like being called Mike Essery Jr. Uh, <laughs> he's called a hoe. Uh, you just got to feel bad for the guy. And lastly is Horace Grant for uh, being called the rat for the Jordan Rules book. So that, that, they're my uh, winners and losers for the last dance. Yeah, I kind of feel like the underlying part of that uh, storyline for 95 when they lost to the, the Magic was that Grant was the missing piece for the Bulls. Um, you know, if they had him, then, you know, Jordan might have been able to stole, like, steal a seventh, seventh NBA Finals. But, yeah, that's, I kind of get that. What do you think, S? Oh, man. Is there enough time tonight? 
Yeah, so, we got we got time, dude. You, you know, you're you're about to catch the back nine. It's it's too dark to even hit, but you're on the golf course. I, I haven't been on a golf course like that since Cobbs Creek Keggers in like eleventh grade. <laughs> I it's hard for me to to dissect everything that Cleary said and not get angry, but I'm just gonna say my own agenda. The the funny thing is, uh, Jordan's human, and he's the best human that ever lived, basically. So he's so upset that his father died and he put so much time and energy into everything that he needed some time off. And the guy would have made the major leagues if he ever, if he would have just stuck to it because he's that obsessed with whatever craft he's doing. So when he came back and played the magic and was clearly out of shape and all that, it, it, it fueled his entire team and it, it fueled him to literally ruin their lives where they were not allowed to have any downtime with their families and they all took the summer off like name of name an athlete who could have that control over their team ever the guy I'm, is the goat how about the trainer like with tears in his eyes saying after the magic's loss that, that he's like i'll see you tomorrow he took zero time off and went immediately back in the gym that was wild well, dude side note that's the trainer from the loyola marymount team that uh with hank gathers that died so, just saying that also, uh, that dude's a sick trainer. And uh, I'm trying to collect all my thoughts here. But I, I, have a, I have one or two things here if you want. I, I, here's like the notes that I took away from episode seven and eight, S, and, and you can come back if you want. Um, those post game cigars, that wasn't just like a, I won a championship, you know, Joe Exotic on the on LSU smoking one after the natty. Like this dude had cigars like after every game, like he is a mutant. Like he just was not affected at all by the drinking or smoking or anything. Um, well, rough, rough. The best part is when they play the bullets before the series started game one, he's sitting on his Lamborghini and Chris Weber and Juwan Howard walk by smoking a cigar and he goes, yeah, who's checking me tonight? And they couldn't <laughs> even respond to him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a mutant. There's no other way to describe it. Um, the, from episode seven, Glenn Robinson uh, with the NBA fit shirt on like that fat fuck. If he ever, he was a first, first pick in the draft, like literally struggled with weight issues. And he's, he's now wearing an NBA, like a fit NBA shirt in this doc, like trying to talk about how fitness is important. That's like Joe exotic you know, talking, like wearing a PETA shirt saying they should treat animals better. I thought that was like a funny revisionist history. I'm, I'm still mad we fucking traded for him that one year to be Iverson's second scorer. And what did he play, like 40 games for us? And then he, and then he was out. He was like, oh, I'm injured. Like, I, I fucking hate who, that guy. Who are you talking about, the big dog or Weber? The, the big yeah, dog. I was going to say, as that's funny you said that. Because like, I was going to say, <laughs> what, which, which trade was worse, big dog or Weber? Well, didn't we pay so $20 big- million to get Weber off the team? We bought him out. Chris Weber, yeah. Chris Weber is literally, and I'm sorry that that he had to uh, rescue me from the last comments. So I just love Jordan so much I can't put my thoughts into words. But fucking Big Dog is a piece of shit, and he's probably the the only son father combination that have ever played for the Sixers. Where Glenn Robinson, and then. Uh, big baby junior the third who played for the Sixers this year yeah that's right but good call Chris Weber is, is literally my least favorite Sixer of all time I think he's the biggest mutt the biggest piece of shit 
because I think we gave him $31 million to walk away, and him and Iverson didn't show up for Fan Appreciation Day on the last game of the season before Iverson was traded the following year. So besides Andrew Bynum, if I ever see Chris Weber in the streets, I'll definitely jaw him. Yeah, the, I mean, the Iverson stuff ended poorly, but it was always going to end poorly. I look at that like we had a great – you know, if you date someone for like seven years, like the first six years were great. The seventh year sucked. That's why we broke up. I, that's it. No hard feelings. <laughs> that, that's, that's how – I mean, once Houlihan's closed, you know, it was it, – it was, you know, there was no reason for him to stick around. Um, the one thing I wanted to draw attention to, too, is if you guys see Rodman in this thing, he's been wearing this hat. Uh, it says Class of 47. That is a dive bar in Newport Beach. I lived in Newport for like four or five years. I, I don't know how – he's definitely never been there. It's like a single sh- – it's, it's, I, I wouldn't he's even say – He's definitely been there. Uh, I mean, the funniest part about that is like dive bars are great, but for whatever reason, that specific dive bar is in the middle of like what's called the Balboa Fun Zone. It's this peninsula off of Newport where it's like exclusively meant for children between like six and 12 – and then there's just a dive bar. Like, there's a mini Ferris wheel. There's all these games. And then it's, like, creepy-ass, dark, dingy dive bar there. And it is, like, the most out of place. It's, it, you know, when you walk out of the OD and you're just, like, blinded by light? Imagine there just being children everywhere, like, right on 42nd. Like, that's, that's like, the equivalent I could give it to. It's one of the funniest things you ever see. And this dude's rocking that hat. Like, I actually have a 47 pint glass at the crib. It's so funny to see that. Um. All right, cool. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the final wrap total figures of Last Dance um, next week when 9 and 10 air. So that's good. Um, next thing was, do you guys catch any of the UFC? Um, you know, personally, I actually thought I had a beat on UFC after Saturday night. I went like three for three on picks and then absolutely. And then I was like, you know what? I could probably go on the podcast and, you know, offer up some some insights here. And then went over on Wednesday. So I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so, but uh, what did you, I mean, as you said, you watched it while you were playing poker. Yeah, you should have talked to the daddy. I had the picks for you. That's a third uh, person daddy comment. If you guys, the listeners, that, that's Essary referring to himself uh, as daddy after honestly, a couple pops. I thought it was really cool. Dana White is just such a good business person that he just like doesn't care what people say. And, uh, you know, I'm very sensitive to the coronavirus. He's clearly not. Uh, and he was right. And he, and he won and he continues to win and he'll probably continue to win in business. So the only fight that I had targeted on my thing, because I'm more of a boxing fan than UFC, and uh, for, the, for the listeners out there, I do have some picks coming. But the one pick I had, one for one, was I would have took Gage G specifically because the other dude was 12 wins in a row and nobody continues to win that often in UFC. It's not like boxing where you win 40 matches in a row. You're eventually going to get jawed. And uh, I didn't even pay-per-view the fight, but apparently I was right. I just found out 15 minutes ago. And the other thing that I would have – the other reason I would have bet it was because it was 100 to win 225 for Gaethje. And it was risking 280 to win 100 for uh, the other white dude. 
Yeah, That's my I, time. <laughs> I think you ended up paying for the fight anyway in the online poker game you had with the rest of the Delco cats. Uh, Cleary, we were kind of talking about that before before we came on, before we went live. You're saying the product was so good. There was, you know, without a crowd, it still didn't really hurt because the product was so good. Like, what, what were your takeaways from, from the fight on Saturday? To be honest, fight? I thought – yeah, to be honest, I thought it would be horrible watching, like, a live event with no fans. But actually getting to see and hear the, the punches, the trainers talking to them, like hearing the game plans. Um, some of the fighters even said they heard the announcers and they got tips through that. So it was kind of interesting just seeing it that way without crowd noise. Um, so that was actually really interesting. So kind of interesting as they go forward, you know, are they going to try to put the mics for the announcers down so, you know, the fighters don't hear, hear the announcers. But overall, I was very impressed. and kind of surprised how well they pulled it off yeah specifically yeah you're, you're speaking about uh greg hardy said he heard rogan mention that his opponent i can't think of his opponent's name's foot was fucked up mid-fight and then knew knew that like he couldn't plan on it and like went after him as a tactic like mid-round that's 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 an interesting um new <laughs> nuance that you didn't really think about beforehand that's crazy was it yeah, greg I mean, hardy's ex-girlfriend <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> she probably, probably, yeah, she probably hurt her foot in the pump. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, oh, oh, dad, daddy's on one tonight. He's down in, you know, he's at the ninth green at nine. It's too dark. I'm, I mean, I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like the Blair Witch. If any, if you can see Esri's screen, he's just like walking in the middle of nowhere on Ladder Country Club. So then, oh, you so can, then, you can so, still see? Yeah, yeah, of course we can. It's a Zoom. Uh, so then we can – so let's – so pardon the pun here. Let's tee you up for this uh, coming up this weekend because there will be gambling to be had in this match. Uh, this is the Seminole skin match. This is the Oklahoma State boys, um, Wolf and Ricky Fowler versus uh, Dustin Johnson and Roy McElroy down in Florida this weekend. Uh, so, S, we have – respectively, Fowler is ranked 27th and, and his boy Wolf is ranked 110th. And then, I mean, DJ and McElroy are top five, both of them. They started the week at minus 225 for the skins round, and now it's at minus 235. So you're going to have to bet 100 to win 43, if my math is correct on that. Or you can go with Fowler and Wolf at plus 160. Uh, you know, n not doing zero research at all, but being on top of a golf course right now, what is your insider opinion? I am an insider. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying on that. Absolutely. But, uh, first of all, what course are they playing at? I think, it's I think it's the Seminole course. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, first of all, Rory, Rory McElroy, you're less of a pussy than him with the same name. And what's his name? Uh, Fowler has the same eyebrows as me, but he gets way more pussy. So I, I feel like he's going to definitely take this down. Even though he can't hold up in a major, he's going to take this personally in his hometown and destroy. So it's easy money. If it's plus 250 for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I'm riding that hard. Take it to the bank. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you like that. For two, I'm betting 100 to win 225. Okay. Uh, clear, what do, you, what do you think? You're going to go with DJ and McElroy, or you're going to go with Fowler and Wolf? I was actually going with Fowler and Wolf because, you know, it seems like easy money just betting DJ and Rory. But the fact that Esri went 
the other way. I, I, I can't ride him. So I probably load up. Yes, I did. I, I just took Ballard, dude. No shit. That's why I said I'm going to go he, to the he wants, Yeah, he wants the contrarian. He wants the contrarian pit. So, yeah, I mean, my thought was, like, Wolf is, like, you know, young, dumb, full of cum. And, fa- I mean, and they're Oklahoma State boys. I'm sure they've, you know, they've probably London bridged a few cowgirls at Okie State. Like, they've got a good team chemistry. Um, I have absolutely nothing to lose on this. So, like, you know, why not see it a 160? You know, whenever I play in, like, competitive golf matches, like, the teams are, like, scrambles. The teams that are, like, drinking, blasting tunes and are, like, good friends, usually the ones that play better than, like, the, the hired gun teams that are, like, all business. Um, that's just, you know, very limited experience I've had. So I kind of like, I kind of like the, uh, the Cowboys in this one. I think I'm going to go Fowler and Wolf as well. You know, what the hell? Hey, just want to take a quick break in the pod to discuss our sponsor. Remind everyone to support your local watering hole, McGillicuddy's of Drexel Hill, Manioc. God knows how many Brookline. God knows how many there actually are. I'm not sure if there's more Cuddy's or Thornton's at this point. Much like Corona, the Thornton's are highly contagious, can live on hard surfaces without food and water for weeks. And as of right now, there is no way to kill them. So head on down to McGillicuddy's, have a beer, talk about the pod. And now back to Gritty Fanatics, episode five. Enjoy. So I do, I think we're all in agreement. I mean, Cleary wanted to go that way. So you actually have three, three of us, but I mean, I'll officially put Cleary down for, for the favorites. You know, let's Lon- let's <laughs> London Bridget check if we're if we're correct. <laughs> the only appropriate way to celebrate. I completely agree. Uh, okay, so then uh, so because that's that's pretty much sports Wait, for the day. Do, we, do either one of you guys know who the most famous uh, Oklahoma State alumni is? That's easy, Barry Sanders. Thanks, Brian. would have said checking. I would have said Mike Gundy. <laughs> Dude's got a, he's a man so then so the, we're gonna pivot off of sports now and dive into something a little bit better um i would call this kind of an evergreen topic we can bring up whenever we want but it already pre-show already sounded like you guys were were getting into it about what it is but uh, i just brought up what do you think the best five days in philly each year and um you guys already had competing ones and uh the ones i had listed Weren't even ones I think you guys picked. But I had the New Year's Day Parade, the Polar Bear Plunge, which technically happens in Sea Isle, but no one actually lives in Sea Isle, so it's a Philly thing. Uh, the Aaron Express or the Shamrock Shuttle around Delco, 4th of July, and then Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, so, clearly, I'm going to let you get started on this one. Uh, what would you say your best day in Philly is each year? So, I did a kind of 1A, 1B. You can't okay. go wrong with either one. Uh, one day I guess I'll do is the Eagles home opener, you know, each year, as you guys probably know, I have Eagles season tickets. So the home opener, you got kind of anxiety, you're like, all right, you're leaving the family for eight straight Sundays. Uh, you go down there, you have your first sip of beer, you know, just in loving life. It's just always 75 degree weather. You know, you become best friends with people you've never even met before. So that would be one A. One uh, B would be our fantasy football draft. So, um, you know, it's a great day, order a bunch of food, make fun of Rory Divine picks. So Yeah, they, that's all fair. Always, they always know what's going to happen. For Annie's division, Rory's going to finish last. Pi's division, 
Pax would have finished last. And then for uh, Sacred Heart, Rocco will finish last. Uh, and day three would have to be uh, this, uh, the first Friday of the tournament games, NCAA. Um, then I went RIP with, to uh, that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, kind of disappointing. But next year, Noble won it again. Uh, I'm, four, hearing, I'm I, hearing Bay may stay, man. I'm hearing Bay may stay. But really? I'm just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm talking out of my ass on that. If he does, no, we're like no a preseason shot. number one. Yeah, he's gonna go yeah. like top fifteen. Was, yeah, if he's top fifteen. He's got to go. Um, then for like just betting purposes, you got to do the Derby. You got the Derby. You got NBA playoffs, and then there's always top it off like an uh, awesome boxing fight. And then five, I guess I would do Thanksgiving Eve. It's just a night you get to get with your buddies. So that was my top five. So just to clarify for everyone listening out there, the fancy football draft that he's talking about is a league that I'm in and Esri's in. It's called the Posh, the P-A-S-H. It is the St. Pius, the St. Annie's, and the Sacred Heart League. I think we're into our 25th year of doing this. Um, I'm technically Dots. I've, I've backfilled a slot. Um, despite him telling, saying that I finished last place, I did win in 2017. Not a big you deal. Finished. You finished last last year, though, didn't you? Oh, probably. That, yeah. That, yeah, I've been mailing it in. I, I'm going to come back. If, the, if, if it's, like, actually travel, if I'm not, like, scared to actually travel, I'll come back for the draft this year because it definitely hurts me each year not being there. I'm, like, 11 people there, one person out. Fucking sucks. Um, and then, and then guys, uh, the first day of the NCAA tournament, Clear has actually been renting the dugout at, at Barnaby's for years. So anyone listening – Email me at grittyfanatics at gmail. I will make sure you have a ticket for next year. No problems whatsoever. So then, Essary, uh, that's a good list, man. I like that list a lot. The Eagles home opener I completely missed. That's, that, that was on me. That's a great one. Uh, and then, Killa, what do you got? What does Daddy have for a top five? I can't top that. I'm, I'm very proud of Ryan for saying those things. <clears throat> the only thing I will say is Thanksgiving Day versus Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving Eve fucking blows. Thanksgiving Eve is just as depressing as New Year's Eve. Um, you know, Thanksgiving Day is the best day in Delaware County history. Uh, if you, especially if you live where we live, uh, St. Bernadette's and St. Dots had a thing going for 40, 50 years. Upper Darby versus Haverford had a, a game going for 40, 50 years, 100 years, whatever it is. It all came to fruition when Sacred Heart and St. Bernadette's combined. So Sacred Heart, St. Bernie's play St. Dorothy's every year, and there's 1,500 to 2,000 people at the game. There was the news is there every year. There's fire pits going on, and every single person has a beer in hand by, you know, 8 o'clock. And uh, that's my favorite day of the year. Besides that, my second favorite day of the year is probably the NCAA tournament as well. So I would advise anyone – if they want to come over for either of those two days, I, I've installed four or five TV, TVs in my basement, and I'm walking distance from both fields for uh, Sacred Heart, St. Bernie's, and also the uh, first day of the NCAA tournament. That's a Thanks great point. Forum. That's actually – I might have to come home this year for that because that's, that's a really great point. I haven't been to that in a while. And Although this is a McGillicuddy-sponsored podcast, the Gritty Fanatics – I have had some very fond fucking memories of world's famous Manila Tavern on Thanksgiving Day after the Turkey Bowl. Um, S, do you remember that time uh, Cutler's uncle came in 
And he was like, yeah, I got sent out to get stuffing. And he just started ripping shots at the bar and everyone started chanting his wife's name every shot that he took. That was, they were like, Renee, Renee, Matt, um, Weldy. Weldy. Don, yeah, yeah, he is a fucking legend. I think his like, I think his father's got a sandwich named after him at World's Famous now, if I'm not mistaken. I saw a, a well. Now the wing, the wings are definitely named after uh, John Waldy, who's the ultimate Waldy. But I will tell a quick story. Cutler's uncle John Waldy, who a lot of people know, Matt's father. He literally, when I bartended at Manoa back in 2010, he showed up out of nowhere because all of them hang out at their mom's house, which is like you know a row home and on Wilson Avenue every Christmas. And he took a cab from New York City to the Manoa Tavern and tipped me like 500 bucks and bought everyone in the bar all their drinks the entire night. That guy's a G, the legend, the everything. He's a stud. He's way, I co- love, he's he, way cooler than Cutler. Yeah, whenever Cutler asks for him for advice, his, 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 his go-to advice is, well, you should maybe just make more money and it wouldn't be that big of a problem. It's, it's such a baller. It's such a baller comment. Well, I don't really like my neighborhood. Yeah, you should maybe make more money. Move out of that neighborhood. Exactly. It's awesome. Exactly. Uh, that's great. Yeah, dude, we should just do a live. I mean, you do you, do you work at World's Famous still? Is that is that is it still in a place of employee or no no go? Once once it gets back up and running, I'll be the Sunday night guy. And actually, John Waddy was there a couple weeks before the pandemic happened. And uh, he he gave me similar advice. Talk, he, uh, talk to me, management yeah. and get us a, a lot. We'll do a live pod from from World's Famous. I will. He told me, to, you know, a book, a very famous book that we've all probably read. He was like, you better read it and you better report back to me. And uh, I've been talking to him about it for the past couple of weeks. So look at you good. moving up. I like it. He, he's good people to surround yourself he, with, man. He said, you're a pussy. Make more money. <laughs> Universal advice to anyone who wants some change. Make more fucking money. Uh, oh, man. All right. Well, then, guys, this is a good one. Um, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, my the next episode I have planned is with Ian Cooper and with my cousin Tommy, and they are doing a once and for all Wentz versus Foles argument. Um, they were refusing show notes. They want no format. It's just going to be them. They just said they have to drink at least three beers each before they get on. So I'm not really looking forward to that. Well, I mean, luck, man. I mean, has that really uh, – Wentz is way better. I don't even know why there would be an argument about it. Shut it's going – Rory, get the show. Here's the only thing that I would add to that show. Uh, Coop challenged Curtis Costa to a one-on-one basketball game several times. Like, you know, at Bailey Park or any of the local courts. And every time Coop bitched out and Curtis was ready to, to game him up. So make sure you bring that up during the podcast. I, little, little known fact for Ian Cooper, he played on my intramural basketball team for about five minutes. Um, when we were back at Nova, we were, we were playing on the pavilion main court before it was redone. And as the game was starting, Coop took a magic marker out and signed the paint with his name on it and said, the paint is mine. <laughs> I own it, and the fucking ref kicked him out of the game before it even started. <laughs> that is a fucking ha- true story. He never even he didn't even play. Well, that's amazing. Has Coop ever dunked a basketball in front of you? He has. 
All right, there you go. He is. I mean, he's six five, one hundred and sixty pounds. He's built like fucking Gumby, but at least he can he can dunk. I'll give him that. Jack Skelling. <laughs> but oh man, well then, guys, this was awesome. Esri, make sure you don't get arrested on the golf course over there. That's first and foremost. But I, I like that you're doing on location shooting. This is this is something we should continue doing. Thanks for having me. All right, love you guys. Talk right. to you soon. Peace. 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 Oh,